0: Hey everyone and welcome back to the Mindset Project podcast. The podcast that gives you the tools to develop an elite physical and mental performance and gives you that daily dose of positivity. Using my own knowledge as a competitive swimmer and from different professionals, I hope to provide an experience which makes you think differently about the things around you and promote some sort of personal growth. I hope to connect you through evidence-based information from experts in their field. So with that, I would like to say I hope you're doing well, staying fit and staying safe. So let's get on to it. On this week's episode um, we will be discussing logbooking, this is also known as journaling or perhaps just keeping a diary and I think this is a great tool to use because ultimately it keeps us accountable and as I'll explain in this episode, it helps us keep track of our progress and work out what does and doesn't work for us. So I have used a logbook for, god, as long as I've trained as a swimmer, so from 2013 And I think the reason I kind of started doing it was just to track the metres I would swim in a training session and tracking my food as my diet was absolutely shocking when I started swimming, or at least before I started swimming. So, kind of like a little bit of context, so I started swimming competitively around 2013, so that would would have meant I was in my first year of high school. And for anyone listening who isn't from Scotland, um, our, our education system is that we have seven years of primary school, so it goes from primary one up to primary seven, and then we have high school and we have six years of that, so it's S1 to S6. And obviously, like, when I started high school, I hadn't started swimming, so I wasn't too conscious about what I was eating, and my lunch would have been a pie from the shop outside my school, a packet of crisps, and a bottle of highly sugary, like, isotonic drink, and... It wasn't exactly balanced, was it? So thinking back now, it actually does make me kind of feel sick that I actually ate that for lunch. And actually thinking back, I actually think this is probably some sort of eating disorder. Now I'm not 100% sure if it was an eating disorder, but like actually thinking back, it kind of looked like it was. For like example, when I came in from school sometimes I could easily eat a like large packet of digestive biscuits, so I'm pretty sure that's like a 500 gram packet. Um, and I would come in from school and just like scram them and that, they'd be gone and at the weekends as well like my dad used to go to um, get like the morning rolls in and stuff and he would go to Lidl's and get like croissants and like rolls and stuff and I could easily eat about four or five croissants in one sitting. There was, there was actually one time where I ate four dry rolls on their own, nothing in them and I was actually actually ruthless when it came to like food, honestly, literally it felt like anything that I could eat would just get scrammed and like why I did this, I do not know and looking back I can't tell if it's um, funny or if it's actually disgusting but yeah, I remember one time as well, I was at Christmas and my friend got me one of, do you know those lint chocolates? Well, I got this like huge one which had about 40 or 50 lint chocolates inside and I ate them all in one sitting. (laughs) Yeah, my eating patterns were were awful, and I think, obviously, like at the same at the same time, um, I was at high school, and I think everyone at some point in high school felt like some sort of insecurity. And being a guy, I was kind of like remembering like I really want to like get a six pack, you know, get the girls look good, whatever. And I think they're probably the most um, searched thing I looked up was probably how to get a six-pack or in YouTube how to get a six-pack abs and actually it's pretty cringe if I'm being honest but I'm pretty sure like guys who are listening probably have been through this as well or girls you know I don't know Um, you might have done that as well and I went from like eating all this crappy foods to waking up one morning and was just like no I'm gonna like completely change what I'm putting into my body And when I did this, I just thought, like, I'm gonna completely, like, um, cut out these, like, sugary drinks, because obviously that sugar is, like, really bad for you. So, that was kind of, like, the first thing I did. So, I just woke up one morning and drank water and, like, before this, I've never, I never drank water before this at all. Like, I would never consider drinking water as a drink. Um, so, going from, like, these high sugary drinks to, drinking water which I wouldn't normally do was it was quite a big change and there wasn't any sort of transition and I don't know how like I managed to do it because most people when people do that they all like always like relapse because it's such a um, huge change and most people actually need some sort of transition to that healthier habit but I went straight into it and cut all of that bad stuff out. And I actually have no clue how I managed to do that, I think maybe because, like, my mindset and my motivation to change was there, that it kind of was easier for me to do that. Um, and if that was the case, then it kind of shows me that like, I've always had some sort of good mindset, I just, I'd, like, well, back then I just kind of had to tap into it, if that makes sense. And when I actually look back at it, I actually went from one extreme to the other. So I went from, you know, eating really really unhealthily to eating extremely healthily and obviously at this time i was only like 13 or 14 or something so i had no knowledge whatsoever and probably should have just kind of like eliminated fatty foods or kind of cut back instead of going so drastically and completely changing everything like for like for my breakfast i went straight to having one boiled egg that was all i had and that's actually pretty you might think that obviously eggs are healthy like they're high in protein whatever but an egg is only about eighty calories, which and there's no carbs in it, so that's kind of quite unhealthy, healthy for a breakfast. Um, like it'd probably been more healthy to have like I don't know, a couple of slices of toast or something like that. And I even went through the phase of eating green smoothies to try and lose weight because at this point I didn't, ha- I actually had a pot belly, like you couldn't actually see my toes because of my belly. <laughs> oh God if you don't laugh you'll cry um so yeah definitely went from being like mega unhealthy to being mega healthy but it probably wasn't as healthy as i thought it would be because like i completely cut everything down which was probably quite a shock on my body and this is probably why i started swimming in the first place because well i think my dad kind of like organized me to go to the local swim club to try and get a little bit fitter and probably lose a bit of weight and be able to see my toes. Um, And when I started swimming this like obsessive like sort of mindset was still there and I had to write down everything I did, everything I ate, I remember um, I went through a phase of doing sit ups every day for a month. And sometimes I would do 25 sit-ups every 15 minutes from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Like, it was so, so bad. So, like, in a way, this sort of obsessive behaviour started me on my log-booking journey, kind of. So, it can't have been all that bad. And this is going back to, like, a few, um, what I've said in a few episodes is that even if you have, like, a really shitty situation or you have something that's negatively impacted you, you can still take a positive from it. So, when I started doing logbooks, I did kind of write down what I ate and what my sessions included. Now, it was probably more focused on the meters rather than actually the the sort of strokes and like techniques and stuff that I actually did. And. I did kind of find it therapeutic to keep note of things and add things up so like, but it wasn't until like I went to a new club in 2015 where this club actually took um, a focus on logbooking. Before I just did it independently and just to try and keep me more accountable and perhaps because of that obsessive behaviour that I did have I kind of wanted to like keep a tab on it and this club had a big focus on logbooks to the point where we actually had to hand hers in every friday for our coach to read and so she could kind of see where we were getting on if we were like eating right sleeping properly etc and i think this is a very this was a very good way of coaching because it can be very daunting as an athlete or and in particular young athletes as well to speak to someone like a coach but by writing down in a logbook and letting the coach read it then it kind of means that anything that may be of concern coach finds and obviously they can speak to the parents or speak to the welfare officer and it can be addressed with, it with the parents. So I think this was a very good way of coaching so Morag if you are listening that was a winner. And when I started getting anxiety and went to see a psychologist in 2017 then my logbooking kind of evolved and adapted. And I added a gratitude journal within my logbook. So basically I've been doing a logbook for a very long time since about 2013 and I have kept every single one of them and the reason I do keep my logbooks is just because it's obviously good to see your progress from where you start to where you are now and what sessions you do and what sessions make you feel good etc but for me as a swimmer as well Uh, gives me like a whole range of different sessions which is probably why I am so self-sufficient when it comes to training like I know people who need a coach there to help aid them but if a coach is like unwell or can't make the session for whatever reason then I'm happy to get on and do it myself also if I do like an extra session it almost always involves a busy busy public session and as a competitive swimmer if anyone is listening you know what I'm talking about the public interpretation of fast lane is probably my interpretation of slow lane. So that is kind of a quick backstory on how I've kind of like used lock booking until now. So what is it I actually put in it? Well the most obvious thing to write is the date. This is mainly so you can look back at different days like you might have had a good day one week but can't remember when it was so you can kind of flick through the logbook and find find it because you should have noted it s- somewhere which implied you were feeling great that day so obviously like if you don't have um the date on it then you're just going to have like all these like the, all this information and it might not it might become very confusing if you don't have like broken down into like certain days so the next thing i put in is when i wake up and the reason I do this is because it helps me keep note of my sleeping pattern and I can use it to see how long I've actually slept. Then, for, I'll put my breakfast, so everything I eat, I weigh everything as well, put the measurements as well, which makes it easier if you are tracking your um, macros or calories, whatever. Um, also, I put down every vitamin or supplement I take, the drinks I take, um, like try and guess like how the volumes of the drinks as well everything, put it down. And that sounds extremely anal, especially as I have the same thing every single day so it's not like I'm going to be surprised when I wake up to have something different. But again, it just shows you have like some structure So after breakfast I normally do some sort of yoga or stretching so I put that in as well and between breakfast and lunch I don't normally have a lot on like if I do have a class then I'll put that on with the time it was on so if it was nine to ten I'll put like I don't know sports class brackets nine to ten um or use it for meetings as well. I'll also put down any snacks I have again to keep me accountable and track my foods Um, Also on Mondays and Fridays I normally have training around 10 to 12 so that would go in as well and when it comes to logging my training I try to go into as much detail as possible. Is it like I kind of ask myself is it an easy session, is it a power session, a speed session, every 100 meters is logged and at the end of the session I will put how I feel the session went so did I feel good Did I do something that surprised me? Were my turns good? And I also rank how much effort I gave for that session. And again this is just to keep a record of what sessions I feel worked for me and which ones didn't. So like I could have an absolute beast of a session and I might have not felt great. So in the future I will know that those types of sessions won't really work. And I think this is a very important factor in training because it helps us understand how it makes us feel and that way we enjoy our training and it doesn't become something that we're just doing for um, like we're going for the motions and if you're listening but aren't an athlete then you could always put in things you did at work um, like meetings whatever don't think because like i'm an athlete and i use log booking for training and stuff that you can't um, use one to like just put um things that you're doing in the work, um, like I said meetings, if you have calls, conference calls or any, like, any significant thing that kind of made you feel good or something that, um, you will remember. So my afternoon is very similar to the morning, I don't normally have a lot on unless I've got a class or well most of, most of the time in a normal situation I would have training in the afternoon so again that would be put down there. I would also note down what I have for dinner, again keeping me accountable and giving me some structure. So again, if you can write down the measurements of the foods if if you can, like if it's a meal you've made then don't obviously put like 50 grams of onions, 10 grams of tomatoes, that thing, you don't need to go into that much detail but just make sure that you um, note it down to kind of help you keep track of what you're eating. And in the me- um, evening, I normally use this time for any sort of tasks I want to do. For example, do I want to, like solve Rubik's Cube, do some meditation, handstands, etc. Like I don't really do anything too strenuous after 6pm because to me that is when like I'm starting to like wind down and get ready to go to bed. And I've never really been one of these people who stay up through um, through the night studying or cramming. I've never been one of those, as soon as it goes to 6pm, that's it, everything goes away and I'm like getting ready to go to bed. Um, I will then write down the, the time I go to bed as well, or at least roughly when I'm going to go to bed. Then I will finish off with a gratitude journal. So if you tuned in for the um, the last episode, I, I write down three things that make me feel grateful that day and by writing them down it kind of gives power and feeling to those words. Um, and like I say, I I prefer to do it at night because obviously you've got like a full day of activities and events that you can kind of pick things out to make you feel grateful and I always feel like being, um, obviously the last episode I talked about being more grateful you become more content so I feel like going to bed grateful then you're kind of going to bed content which means that you're going to be able to sleep better Um, Well at least that's kind of like what I've found and I also have a goal sheet that I use every day but you don't need to use one if you don't want to but they can be very very useful and I have like 10 goals that I have on the sheet and they're basically the last, the topic of the last 10 episodes which is why I did them before this episode to kind of foreshadow I guess you could say Um, as trying to get to this. So I have sleep, hydration, Diet and supplements kind of come under, well they're two separate things but you can kind of class them as one. Training, Visualization, Affirmations, Superman, Music and finally Gratitude. So I basically have them all in a table and I score them out of 100. Now you might be thinking why? Well if you give these things 100% every day then you will get the most out of your day. So you don't need the exact same goals as me, like we're all different and if you want to do something like this then I'd I'd say go for it. I think you'll be able to find thousands and thousands of templates online, Um, I literally have lines on mine with 7 columns for each day of the week and at the end I will give it a score of 10. So if you think you did something, I don't know, 80% well then that would only be 0.8 which isn't one, and therefore would be deducted from your daily score and this is just something that keeps you going like a lot of us do have goals but might not have a good way of recording them or keeping on top of them and a daily goal sheet like this definitely does that and because this is a daily goal sheet it kind of um, helps us to remain focused on our goals because we're having to like fill them out on a daily basis so it's not like um I don't know, some people might have a weekly evaluation of their goals whereas doing it daily um, kind of keeps that focus on them and if you you might have, I don't know, Monday you might have 8 out of 10 for that day which kind of gives you the motivation to get a 9 out of 10 for Tuesday or maybe 10 out of 10 on the Wednesday. So I think this um, daily goal sheet is something that has really helped me just because, because they've got like 10 different things as well, it kind of keeps you um, you're, you're like, how am I going to say this, kind of like motivated and kind of stimulated to keep trying to get your goals if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I've completely butchered what I was going to say but like I think it's kind of trying to kind of keep us energised towards our goals is probably the best way I can kind of explain it. And I think as well, like um, the grading system, giving giving it a hundred percent as well. The reason behind that is because obviously, if you give, I don't know, say um, if you're getting eighty percent sleep, then you're only going to get eighty percent recovery. Whereas if you get hundred percent sleep, you're going to get hundred percent recovery. And it's kind of the same, like like take one well of mine for example, training. If I only give seventy percent in training then I'm only going to get 70% out whereas if I give 100% then I'm going to get the most out of that training session but I kind of like giving a score of 100 i.e 100% is kind of getting us um stimulating our brains to try and kind of think about the effort that we're actually putting in to achieve our goals which is something I kind of like because it helps me like um keep on top of it and like I said earlier if you're only given 80% one day then it kind of gives you the motivation to improve that the next again day if that makes sense. I also forgot to mention this, that this earlier as well one thing I do log as well is if um, I have any tra- um, competitions so say for exa- example I've got five events that I'm racing in then I will put I'll put like the, um, the event down in my logbook and I will kind of go into into, um, a lot of detail about how I felt in the race, what went well, what didn't go well, what um, I have to do in the future in training to improve that and again kind of the effort that I felt that I put into the race. And I think this is one of the good things about logbooking is it kind of makes us very analytical about the things that we're doing every day to try and get the most out of them if that makes sense. Um, I always try and put as much detail as I can when I'm logging my training because the more detail you have the more information you have to kind of address things that you need to address. So you might have like a really horrible training session um, and that can be down to like a number of factors, you might have not had enough sleep which, could, which in your logbook, you can have um, as a record. You'll know that day that you've not had enough sleep. Um, it could be down to just the way you feel. You might not be motivated enough. So having all these um, like permanent, rec- um, permanent records in your logbook can help you each day improve each day, as opposed to a weekly sort of thing, um, where it might actually be too late. if that makes sense, and I like, even. Um, keep my keep my logbook going through. Like, if I'm on holiday, like if I'm on holiday for two weeks in Tenerife, trying to relax, then I will, you know, keep a logbook just because it kind of keeps me um, ticking over. Like, obviously, I'm not going to be like so harsh. Like, if I have like a pizza for dinner or whatever, then I'm not going to be like too too harsh myself. But the fact that I'm kind of like keep keep log book and kind of keeps me in a routine if that makes sense and also, again, it kind of helps you see what works for you and kind of makes you um, appreciate the things that um, makes you feel good, um, things that don't make you feel good. So, I think logbooking is probably one of my favourite tools to use because it's so, firstly, it's personal to you and I think that's one of the reasons why personally it works for me because it's kind of good to kind of get everything out onto like a piece of paper instead of having to like keep it going and flowing through your head and it kind of creates this horrible like thought process. Um, And secondly it just helps us be um, more appreciative of the things that on a day to day basis and helps us keep accountable. So I think that's all I have to say about logbooking I think. Um, I did I did expect it to be a bit longer but obviously I kind of speak a bit fast I think. Um, But yeah that was like my interpretation of logbooking and how it's kind of helped me as well and I hope that you've kind of got something from this as well. And like I say I think the key thing to logbooking is probably the fact that it keeps us accountable. Um, By noting everything down then we can kind of see what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, what we need to improve what we need to keep doing um, to keep improving and ultimately it just makes us feel a lot better by getting our thoughts out there onto paper um, and kind of like offloads um, our memory as well. Like I'm reading a um, good book just now called The Organised Mind by Daniel Levitin and one like one of them. Um, the first couple of chapters is really emphasizing that sometimes to improve your memory, you kind of have to offload your memory by writing things down. And one of the examples that they look at is actually using post-it notes. So if you have like lots of to-do lists, writing them down and post-it notes kind of offloads your um, thought process, which kind of saves up memory, which I think is actually quite interesting and to be. Um, It has been quite um, a tough read because the chapters are pretty long but it has been very interesting and very eye-opening about the mind and how we like organise and store information. But yeah so back to logbooking I think as well like I think a lot of people think that keeping a logbook is kind of to do with um, like elite um, sport. But I wouldn't say it is necessarily, it's it's, kind, it's just the same as um, keeping like a diary of things or keeping a journal. And even even when I retire in the future from swimming, I think I'm still going to do, keep my logbook because I've just found it like so useful and I've probably felt more accountable because of it. Like there have been a few times where I haven't done a logbook just because... I've not had actually any books to write in. So, and when that actually happens, I notice straight away that um, my kind of training goes downhill, like my mood goes, it is not great and I think that's why I, I don't feel great because I'm not holding myself to account. So, I think that's going to be the concluding comments today. I hope you kind of enjoyed it and got something from it and hope you might try lock booking in the future to um, help you improve your mindset, um, help you become more accountable for you and whatever goals that you're wanting to achieve. Also one thing that I do need to tell you is that I will be taking at least one week off of doing podcasts just because I do have like a lot of uni assignments coming up and a lot of meetings and yeah everything's just it's coming to like the business end of the semester so everything's going to be very hectic so I'm kind of putting that as my priority for the minute but as soon as all that's over then I'll have more time to do podcasts so they'll probably be more frequent and I will actually be posting on the social media account because that is actually so difficult to keep up with that because like I have um, online learning and I just don't want to be looking at a screen so yeah. That is um, this week's announcement. so. So with that I'll say stay safe, stay positive, stay grateful and I shall see you on the next one.